What do you do when your boundaries aren't respected? Hi, welcome to another episode in our Boundaries Masterclass here on Business Mindset Mastery. Try saying that one five times fast. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. Actually, you can find me at choosetohaveitall.com until I reveal my brand spanking new website in the next couple of weeks. Um, I will be directing you somewhere else as my business kind of becomes more me. I'm really looking forward to sharing that and sharing the story behind the scenes with you about everything that went into that. But for today, we're continuing our week-long series on boundaries. And again, I know that in large part to having this episode, you know, episodic series, I'm largely talking to the choir. I'm not talking to people here who are unfamiliar um, with the concept of boundaries for more emotional well-being and actually more financial well-being. I think that businesses in order to be profitable and successful need to have firm boundaries and business standards in place. So if you're listening in personally or professionally, I'm not trying to cover everything. What I am trying to cover in this week-long series are the important parts that are going to help you move the needle in your life or move the needle in your business for you to have healthier boundaries to protect the energy that's yours, to protect the sort of sometimes it might be your intellectual property, sometimes it's going to be your emotional energy, but to protect yourself in relationship to others so that you can be your best version of yourself. Because I think ultimately what effective boundaries should do is to make the things that we need to move through the world in our best, most optimal way, non-negotiable. But the reality is, and we all know this, that we can set boundaries until we're blue in the face. That doesn't necessarily mean and guarantee that people are automatically going to respect them. And I think a lot of times when I talk to people who are kind of chronically mistreated by someone or chronically disrespected by someone or ignored or invisible, a lot of times when I chase the tale to why this pattern of behavior exists, why this has happened, I often hear from my clients and from listeners in general on the show and people um, who are in my Facebook group when I had my Facebook group, they'll hear, well, like, I don't, you know, what am I going to do if I tell people to please not call me after nine o'clock and then they call? Or what am I going to do if I tell somebody that payment is due inside 15 days and they don't pay? I still need to chase them for the money, et cetera, et cetera. So this idea, I think we sometimes create this avoidance story of I'm not going to set a boundary because they're not going to respect it and it's not going to change anything anyway. I have told people, and I said it in this series, that we set boundaries for ourselves. We're not setting our boundaries for other people. Ultimately, if they follow and respect our boundaries, they're setting themselves up for success in relation to us. They are more likely to get their needs met by us when they're respecting our boundaries. However, we are setting boundaries and determining our personal boundaries based on what we need to set ourselves up for optimal success, to be our best version of ourselves. And so, Sometimes people on the receiving end of that, they're not such a fan of it. They don't particularly like it. They feel put upon by it. Sometimes they can't see beyond their own lens and their own worldview to see how they should um, accommodate you more or how they should see the world a little bit through your lens. 
And a lot of times those accountability conversations, the I set this limit, you didn't respect it, conversation happens. So they don't respect your boundary. They don't listen to you. You um, skip the accountability conversation because you don't know how to have it or you're afraid to have it or you're wondering what do you do if you set accountability and they still don't listen to you. But ultimately, our boundaries are our responsibility. So when we've set a boundary, when we've done and taken all of the steps that we sort of led with at the beginning of the series, when we've gotten clear on what we need our personal boundaries to be, and we've clearly communicated them to the people who need to know them, it is then our responsibility to ensure that they're kept. So regular everyday examples of this, and this is why you keep hearing this example in in the series that I'm talking, is a lot of people have phone rules or visit rules. Like, um, (laughs) I really, (laughs) I'm remembering vividly when suddenly, like several years ago, a friend stopped by my house unannounced and just like ding dong. And I was like, so thrown off my element because I like, there were tons of people who moved through the world and their days would be made if like a friend just like said, Hey, I was in the neighborhood just stopping by. It doesn't work for me. I like to know like who I'm seeing, what I'm doing. Like it's, it's totally like, it'll, it'll set me twitching amok. Right. So, and I, I didn't, I didn't particularly really even know that about myself because I'd always arranged when I was going to see friends or when we were going to get together and then a friend like randomly stopped by and like obviously I was like please don't ever do that again type thing and I, I had this visceral reaction. Um, and we can go like, oh God, like I, I think sometimes when these things happen, like in, in this instant, I immediately go to like, oh, that's such a dumb boundary. Like who, who, who doesn't want their friends just to be able to stop by? That's so unwelcoming and that's so unkind. And you know, these people are important to you and they don't care about the state of your house and they don't care about this. But at the end of the day, I'm not comfortable and not being comfortable is reason enough to set a boundary. We don't have to pick apart why. We don't have to decide it's a good enough reason to have a boundary. We don't have to have 10 other people approve of the boundary we're setting. Ultimately, we have to know what our boundaries are and be responsible for enforcing them. So that means if you have a do not call requirement in your life, if you have a do not visit requirement, like do let me know because I I don't know that I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one with that, but you know, if you have a, please pay your bill on time, please, you know, I don't work on the weekends boundary. Um, please don't ask me personal questions. Like we all move through the world with different limits and regulations based on our previous experiences of moving through the world. So not a, like boundaries are not universal. What some people are comfortable with, other people aren't comfortable with. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day that kind of highlights this about people at the gym who, can be just perfectly comfortable in their nudity in the dressing room and can have conversations with you um, just, you know, butt naked and they, they don't care. They'll be like, oh, what were you doing today? Did you get a good workout in? Like, I am never going to be that person if I don't know you, if I've never met you. Like, I do not want to see you in your bits. I'm all for body positivity. I'm all for body confidence. But nope, that's never going to be me. That, like, beginning, middle, and end, right? Like, I know that. 
that about myself. And I think that like we have to be okay with the fact that we have limits that other people aren't going to have. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us. And it doesn't even mean that it's anything wrong with other people because so long as they move through the world with people who are comfortable in the way they move through the world, everybody is set up for success. But sometimes there's going to be an intersection. Sometimes you're going to have a client who doesn't follow your terms and conditions. Sometimes you're going to have somebody in your personal life who doesn't you know, follow your limit and your boundary even though you did all the steps that we talked about yesterday, even though you've clearly communicated and clearly let people know what the rationale is, why it's important, what it, you know, what it matters, why it matters to you, et cetera, et cetera. As I lead into this conversation, it feels like I would be remiss if I didn't say there are some toxic people who no matter what you say or how you move through the world, how many times you say it, they are not going to respect your boundaries because by definition, that's one of the things that defines toxic people, right? Is they don't respect boundaries. I don't know that the strategies I'm going to be talking to you about today are particularly effective with toxic people who just aren't going to participate in relationships in a healthy, um, respectful way. Those people often need to be dealt with with firm limits of you no longer have access to me or you no longer have access to this. And it's do not pass go, do not collect $200, go to the firm hard line. And that's, um, I do have an episode, um, several, oh gosh, I don't even know where it is in the, in the, um, sort of podcast reel, but I do have an episode on toxic people that you could go back and find. Um, this isn't that conversation. I want to talk to you about the people who just got super anxious because they couldn't make a decision about their work and they wanted your two cents and they're contacting you on the weekend and saying, please, maybe, do you mind? Could I, you know, please grab five minutes of your time. I'm talking to you about the people who have kind of come to know you and they want your two cents on something who, you know, have worked with you well, have always paid their bill, but suddenly like two times in a row, they haven't made their monthly payment. I'm talking about the people who show you in the way they move through the world, that they respect you as a person and as a human, but they've just slipped and disrespected a boundary or two. How do you go back and have that conversation? Because I think what ends up happening is we lump those offenders with toxic people. And sometimes people are just lazy. Sometimes they're selfish. Sometimes they just have a moment of not paying attention and they're not aware of their space and they need to be like nudged back a little bit. The other day I got the hairy eyeball at the supermarket because somebody had like, loaded all of her things on the reel at the cashier and there was room for my stuff. So I leaned into her personal space to get the little divider and start putting my stuff. And apparently she, <laughs> she didn't like that I was unwilling to wait or if I didn't say, excuse me, do you mind if I reach? I just reached over and I got one hair of a, you know, one hell of a hairy eyeball from that. It doesn't mean that I moved through the world as a disrespectful person. It just means in that moment I was more focused on my own 
need of getting through the line quickly that I invaded her personal space and I didn't ask her and um, I was super rude, right? We all have those moments of being unaware, of choosing ourselves over other people. And I think sometimes when we're setting that boundary or we're holding accountability around a boundary, we have to be aware of that. And we have to remind ourselves of that, that like people are human and people are going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean we give them a get out of jail free card. It doesn't mean we don't have the expectation, but we also give them the benefit of the doubt and we don't make it this super hard conversation. Like we need to have a talk. I talked to you very clearly last week and I let you know that I don't like A, B, and C. And then today you D, E, and F. And so it made me feel H, I, J, right? Like I hate having to manage hypotheticals, but hopefully you can use that little script in your head and and follow it up with your own personal examples. But what I often tell people is when you're, you've set a boundary and it's been disrespected, you are going to work less and it is going to be easier if you call it out the first time, because we teach people how to treat us. So if we say our bedtime is nine o'clock, if we say this, if we say that, and then we let it pass. And then, you know, we say we want to be paid by the 15th of the month and we don't get paid until the 18th and we don't say anything. We are teaching people how to treat us by what we tolerate. The easiest way to have this conversation is to have it the first time. And the way I like to do it is to say, hey, just a reminder, you might have been distracted or you might have forgotten, but I actually prefer A, B, and C. If you wouldn't mind, it would really be helpful going forward. Um, other times you can say like, hey, like, you know, I reminded you last week that like I, I needed this to be differently, but it wasn't done differently. I'm wondering why or did something get in your way? Like you can express curiosity about it. But remember what I said yesterday in the conversation we had about how to communicate this stuff in the first place. You get to be matter of fact about it. And you know, people in my personal life always kind of laugh at me when they hear the I'm wondering why phrase, because it's like my favorite boss phrase when I was a manager and I worked in residential. One of the things that I often said to people is, hey, I asked you to come in to work 10 minutes early today and you're actually 15 minutes late. I'm wondering what happened um, because it's, you know, I'm going to be open to a, a, an option. I'm going to be open to an alternative. I'm not going to be just and jury, but I'm going to say, hey, I asked you for this. I didn't get this. I'm wondering why. Or did something come up? Or hey, I really need to. Or sometimes what I'll say is, hey, you know, I asked you about A, B, and C. It didn't happen. So as a result, I really need you to, you know, D, E, and F. And you, you tell them like, as a result of my boundary not being respected, this is the natural consequence. So now I need you to do this. Would you mind? And you allow people to see that process. So often what ends up happening is we just get pissed off that we weren't respected. Because again, I think we forget that holding our boundaries is our responsibility. And we think that just because we've told somebody, they should move through the world and know that. And that's simply not true. They have their own business. They have their own lives. They have their own priorities. And our boundaries don't have to be their priority. 
but addressing it, creating a neutral environment for the conversation, and then like asking the follow up is is super. You know, first of all, it's just a human way of moving through the world. It takes the drama out of it, and it allows dialogue and conversation. And then, if you were then having that conversation on repeat, you're dealing with a toxic individual, and that's when you're going to be more directive, and that's when you're going to be more firm and less likely to engage in a conversation. You're going to say, I needed the bill paid by this amount of time. You didn't pay it. So as a result, there's a penalty fee. Or as a result, I can no longer work with you. Or as a result, you know, this is the natural consequence. And I think that's the other piece that ties people up is sometimes they're willing to have the conversation, but they don't know like what to do now because it feels like they just kind of took it and they let it go and somebody got a pass and they still had to, you know, be um, inconvenienced or they still had to on some level suck it up for some way. So what I always encourage people to do is when your boundary is disrespected, when you feel put upon, when you feel that somebody tried to be closer to you than you wanted them to be to you, what is the natural consequence of that? Do you just find yourself needing some space? Do you find that like you need a new business system? So for example, you know, once in my own business, once somebody's late on a payment plan with me, they don't get another payment plan option. They always have to pay in full before the work begins. So everybody, you know, gets a get out of jail free card. You get to miss one, um, you, you get to miss one payment plan payment. But once you've, you know, missed a second one, you no longer have the payment plan option. I, I don't have a three strike policy. I have a two strike policy. So then once, cause I don't want a business where I'm chasing people for money. Um, and oftentimes the payment plans mean you're, you know, like you're chasing people for payment for work that you've already done. And that's not really my bag. So, um, my policy always is, and if you want to continue to work with me further, like you need to pay the outstanding balance. And then in the future you need to pay in full and it's totally fine if you don't want to work with me. And I don't like create any hard conversation around that. Usually it comes across in an email fairly well, but I let people know these things. So, you know, you have to think about for yourself when someone crosses a line, um, when someone's disrespectful, you know, one of the things that I remember, um, it's funny, two examples just quickly came to mind right away. One is um, my sister growing up. um, Her name is Tracy. And I always, you know, for short called her Trey. Um, And the whole family did, by the way. (laughs) But um, she really hated it. Really, really hated it. I think it's also because we worked at Subway, my dad's restaurant. And so so I would always be like, hey, Trey, can you take care of the trays? Because all the bread came on bread trays. Um, But she hated it, hated it, hated it. And and we would always like kind of laugh at her and joke about it and really ignore her to the point where she wouldn't answer people until, um, you know, we said her full name, Tracy Catherine. (laughs) like talk about a punishment, right? But like she set the boundary. She told us she didn't like it. The entire family largely ignored her. We thought she was being stupid. So then as a result, she had to kind of dig in and go in deeper because she hated feeling that feeling of the nickname we gave her. Um, And it's so lucky for me that she grew up and grew out of that because I call her Trey all over again and, and she doesn't care and she doesn't freak out. 
But that was her boundary. You know, and the second example that comes to mind for me is, um, you know, when I was just out of college. So, oh, God, people, we have to go back away. So 20 years or so ago, um, I, you know, had my first apartment and um, I, you know, I started making dinner for people and doing things and hosting. And everybody was like, oh, God, remember that time in freshman year when Heather had to call for help cooking because she didn't even know how to tell pasta? was done because I was babysitting and I didn't know how to cook macaroni and cheese and like wow how far she's come and that example kind of came up over and over again um and it was every single time I did a dinner party people would talk about the fact that like I always needed a rescue when I was babysitting or sometimes I'd be so nervous that I'd be asked to cook that I'd end up like buying food ahead of time and bringing it to wherever I was babysitting well the reality was that I grew up and my stepmother didn't let me into the kitchen because she had a lot of rules and things had to be her way and she was super strict and she didn't want me in the kitchen. Like there was no such thing as even going into the refrigerator and pouring my own glass of anything. Like I I just wasn't like allowed to do that. So she never taught me. She never explained it. It was kind of like her rules, her house kind of thing. So I was a freshman in college, suddenly asked to babysit and it didn't even occur to me I was going to have to cook for the kids. <laughs> and then I did. And five years later, I was still hearing about it from my friends and all that like did for me was embarrass me, make me feel small, but also it served as that reminder for how I grew up. And I didn't want that reminder. And I said, guys, like I'm so much better than I was five years ago. Do you really want me pulling out your stories from five years ago? Because I was like making sure you weren't choking on your own vomit. And I was, you know, all of this. But again, it was one of those things. People didn't take me seriously. People didn't listen. It happened. And I was just the butt of the joke. And when you get everybody together who's always been together, it becomes the same conversation. So it happened again. And I like, I stopped the dinner. And with tears in my eyes, I said, I don't know a different way to tell you that this conversation really hurts my feelings. I don't find it funny. It makes me feel bad. And I let it be silent. And I never heard it again. But how often do we, you know, not get firm? Or do we kind of soften the blow? Or we say, uh, I don't think so. Or, oh, that's going to be really awkward. Or, wow, like, why can't I just take a joke? Instead of saying, you might not understand this. And this might not be clear to you, but this is important to me. I am going to ask that you stop. And I think so often we, we make it such a bigger, a bigger deal than it is. Um, but one of the things that I like, I've kind of gotten the habit of, um, you know, when I was first starting out, um, in my brick and mortar therapy practice, um, people would owe me copays and copays, for example, were only 10 or $15. So if somebody didn't bring their card or didn't have the cash, I would say it's fine. Come next week or it's fine. Come next week. Um, and I, you know, they would end up having like these $45 worth of outstanding 
co-pays. And, uh, and right around 50 bucks is when you start to feel it a little bit, right? Like saying it's fine to a $10 copay doesn't feel like a big deal until you've told 10 people that week that not paying their $10 copay was fine. And then suddenly you're sitting at $100. And so, you know, at some point in time, I had to tell people like, listen, um, I'm going to expect payment at the time that services is rendered. If you're unable to pay because you forget your card or you don't bring your wallet, I'm just not going to be able to reschedule with you until you pay the outstanding balance. And there have been other times when I've sat with people and I've had to say to them, listen, like I am helping you on your innermost things. I am like taking care of your life. I'm helping you figure this out and you're not paying me. And that feels really disrespectful because I think sometimes we we go to that like business mumbo jumbo of I sent you an invoice on such and such a day. You have not played, you know, you have not paid it. I'm asking that payment is due now. It's so easy to go into that business mode because I think that shields us. It makes us kind of puff up a little bit rather than saying like, hey, you and I are in a relationship and this feels really bad and I need you to fix it. And so what I want you to think about when your boundaries are crossed and people aren't taking care of you is what do you need them to know about it? Because yes, you're pissed, but why are you pissed? What does it make you think? What does it make you feel? And tell people, because that's why you're holding accountability. That's why you're having the boundary in the first place. And people are more likely to learn when they understand the rationale, because we're all just grown up kids and kids will disagree with rules all the time. I never freaking understood why I wasn't allowed in the kitchen because there was no rationale offered. And I don't even know if there was one I would have ever bought into it. But we, you know, we have a prayer of a chance of understanding and respecting somebody's boundary when we understand, you know, the other side of it and the flip side of it. So to get really clear with people and say, like, hey, I asked you not to do this. You did it anyway. I got to let you know, this is how it made me feel. And this is what I need you to do instead. And then this is a really important part, my friends. So listen up. I'm wondering if you're willing to do better in the future, or I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind paying attention to that next time. I'm wondering if this will be the end of the conversation. Like you get to put whatever spin on it, but what you want to do is engage them in agreeing with the fact that it'll never happen again. Otherwise, you feel as though you're having that conversation over and over because you're teaching people that they're going to disrespect your boundary. You're going to talk to them about it. They're going to disrespect your boundary again, and you're going to talk to them about it again. And that is going to make you crazy. And that's what's going to make you not bother. But if you engage with them in a conversation and you get their acknowledgement and agreement that it'll never happen again, when it happens again, you are offering a change in behavior. You're saying, hey, listen, we talked about this, you know, I hate that nickname or, Hey, you know, like I hate having my past thrown back in my face or gosh, I really, I hate chasing people for outstanding balances. Or I really, you know, I don't like that you blew up my inbox five times in 10 minutes, like whatever it is you don't like. I just, I need you to know that I'm going to ask, we no longer email, or I need you to know that as a result of this pattern, our relationship needs to change a little bit, like whatever the natural consequences to the repeated boundary 
any violation. You're just going to offer and it's going to be matter of fact. Like this is where you no longer talk about it. You no longer discuss it. You no longer defend it. You no longer anything. You do not pass go. You do not collect $100. You set the boundary and you set the consequence. Because the first time you're giving somebody a get out of jail free card, you're explaining how it made you hurt or it made you feel or this, that, and the other thing. You're buying, you're getting their buy-in that they're willing to engage in relationship with you going forward. They're willing to follow that boundary next time. So then if they don't, they've not shown themselves to be trustworthy. They've not shown themselves to respect you or to take care of you on any level. So now you have no choice but to take care of yourself. That's the, the, like the loop of that conversation. Um, it doesn't have to be a big serious. We need to sit down and have an official talk. It just needs to be upfront direct and clear um, so that there's no doubts and there's no ambiguity. And you get to ask that to say, is there any part of this you don't understand? Or was I, you know, is there any place in this I was unclear? Because I really don't want to have this conversation again. And you just, you make, you set the frame, you dial, you draw in the picture and then you add the color and you set yourself and everyone else up around you for more success going forward. This isn't, you know, this isn't easy stuff. And these are, these are hard conversations to have, but they're, they're possible conversations to have, and they don't have to be the end of the world. But if you have boundaries, if you have ways that set you up for success, you have a responsibility to yourself to set yourself up for success in having those conversations. Hopefully I've got your back in how to do that today. I'm really enjoying these conversations with you. I certainly hope you are in in return. If you have any questions, if the things we're talking about are bringing up specific questions for your situation, we can certainly get out of the hypothetical. I would love to take your questions on it. You can always find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. But if not, I look forward to talking to you next time when we talk about the intermingling of boundaries with your personal relationships. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.